Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast Chiefs Victory Party. It's the Chiefs postgame show. First victory party of the year, Verderam. Uh, Patrick Allen, Matt Verderam here to celebrate. It's a preseason victory, but it's a victory nonetheless. We'll take it. How you doing tonight, buddy? Good. I'm good. That was uh, an easy game to watch. How are you? I'm doing all right. As, as you know, it's a little bit a uh, little bit rainy, a little bit dark here in the in the Chicago area. I'm gonna have to improve my lighting setup a little bit if it's gonna be like this all winter. But uh, good, solid outing for the Chiefs. We're gonna break it all down. Talk about the offense. Talk about the defense. Talk about some of the standout players. As you guys know, the outcomes don't really matter in games like these. But it's always nice to see the Chiefs get a victory. We're always gonna take it. Um, before we do that. I got to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by our friends, the Kansas City Beer Company. Uh, You guys know they've been sponsoring us for a while. They're absolutely awesome. Couple of you did did what we love when you do is is you tweeted out today, tag KC Beer Code. You watched your game with KC Beer. That's what we're always after. I saw somebody had a Dunkel, somebody had a Hefeweizen. You guys are doing it right, just like we do on game day with Kansas City Beer. All German styles largest independent brewery in KC that focuses on German beer. So check them out. They're our friends at KC Beer Co. on Twitter. Give them a shout. Let them know you heard about their product on our podcast and dare to beer different. All right, Verderam, let's dive into this game. Um, look, man, I, I, you know, the offense came out. We saw them for one series, the starters anyway, last, uh, last week. They looked great. They looked sharp. Same thing this week. They were without a couple of guys, no Mecole Hardman um, and no Juju Smith-Schuster in this game. Those guys are a little bit banged up. But overall, before we get into the specific players, what was your impression of this offense? They're methodical. Um, Their first drive against the Bears was methodical. And two drives where they had their starters in in this game, they were methodical. They went double-digit plays. They hit a couple of bigger plays. I mean, a, a ball to gray for, you know, whatever it was, 25 yards or so. Watson down the scene, which was Mahomes' prettiest pass of the day on a third and six. He has a free rusher coming because they busted the protection with the back and right down the scene to Watson, right on the hands. Um, you know, look, I, I think offensively, the, the only concern, really, for the whole team, my only concern right now is they, they can't run for crap. The first two games, I mean, they just cannot run for a foot. Now, how concerned are you? Well, they've got a great offensive line. I mean, it stands to reason that, like, when they game plan, they'll figure that out a little bit more. They're not going to be a run-heavy team anyway, but I'd like to see them run the ball better. That being said, you've had three drives with the starters, and all three have ended up in the end zone. So they're, they're batting a 1,000. Um, Look, I think you have to feel very good about the way Mahomes has looked. I think he's been excellent. And they just – they're very deep. They just have a lot of guys who can beat you on a given play. And I think that's shown up even with Juju out today, Hardman out today. It didn't matter. 
they just keep coming at you with all these different weapons and what you saw is what you get, a very efficient offense. I think that's the most exciting thing about this offense. Now, like the running game, it's been a very small sample size, right? Andy doesn't run a ton anyway, so you get a couple drives, a couple handoffs here and there. Not great today with the starters. Uh, Pacheco had four carries for eight yards, you know, average two. Clyde Edwards-Alaire only two carries for four yards, average two. Um, but they do things – it, it, I'm seeing, I'm feeling a little bit more of this, this classic West Coast offense where there are these little design plays. You saw the one play that stood out to me was the one that failed with Kelsey. And Kelsey kind of ran into the rusher and Mahomes was going to toss it to him. That was essentially a run, a design run play that, you know, if Kelsey caught it, I don't think he was going anywhere because Washington seemed to be yeah, on was. it. But no. those, those types of plays are, 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 are kind of a staple of the West Coast offense. They consider short passes basically runs, right? That's kind of part of the philosophy there, uh, and Andy loves that. So I think we'll probably see a lot of that, but I agree with you, man. I love watching them spread it around. Yeah, they can do it, and, and I know a lot of people in the chat right now are really excited about Jody Fortune. Fair enough. He had two touchdowns. Um, look, one thing about Jody Fortune, I don't ever expect that he's going to be a guy 100 yards in a season, but when they get to the red zone, right. he's a problem because he's yeah. big and he's athletic, and it becomes – you're going to double Kelsey down there like that. If you're any kind of a defensive coordinator, that's what you're going to do. And so all of a sudden now you've got Juju, who's a big guy, MVS, who's a big guy. And you've got Fortson, who is another tight end who's big enough. Like it just becomes at some point, like your fifth best defender is on Fortson. And he's going to win that matchup a lot of the times. So, you know, think about how often they tried to use Demetrius Harris, but Demetrius Harris just couldn't catch the ball. Well, like, right. Fortune is Demetrius Harris, but, like, with hands. So it's been it's been interesting. Um, I will say this. I think one thing about the run game that I, I didn't mention at the top that I meant to, the one caveat with them, they're not using, like, any motion right now, if you notice. Which in the in the regular season they run more motion than any team in football. I mean they and the Rams are always the most motion heavy teams in, in the league the last couple of years. So that that will also alter the way they play. I mean they're not coming out here game planning for these games. But my point is, look right now it's a nitpicky thing, but that is the thing because everything else they're throwing the ball all over the place. Their pass protection today was very very good. Um, I mean, I, I know they had Wiley had a holding call, but that was on a play where Mahomes scrambled out. And you get holding calls on that sometimes. His pocket was very clean. The only real hit he took that I can remember was on that free rusher. McKinnon blew the the, the assignment there, um, but the line looked good in that regard. And then defensively, I mean, what, what else could you ask for? I mean, I, I don't know what else you could. I know they moved the ball to midfield a couple times, but I mean, geez, there's. Yeah. I mean, they're not giving up a point. I know the Bears are awful, but you know. Washington is not awful. Like, I've seen a lot of people already in the chat, like, oh, Washington. So, Washington's not great, but Washington's probably like a 500 team. Washington is probably like an eight win team, maybe in that division, a nine win team. They suck compared to Kansas City. But if you look at the whole scope of the league, like, Washington's going to be probably in that conference playing meaningful football in December. The Chiefs beat them like, like they were a college team today with the starters in. Yeah. That that matters to me a lot more than what you saw out of the Bears last week, who are a bottom five team in the league. 
Yeah, and you can't look. Don't bother talking about competition in the preseason. Would you rather, if you think these teams that the Chiefs have played so far aren't very good, would you have rather them went out there and got boat raced by those guys? They're doing what they're supposed to do. The Chiefs are the Chiefs are one of the best teams in the NFL. They're going out there. They're whooping up on these guys in the preseason. That's exactly what they're supposed to do. Though. They're supposed to look efficient. I want to go back to Jody Fortson for just a minute. You know, I think we we. We wondered whether or not we, I think we all, we figured Fortson had a, a pretty good shot to make the team, but yep. it's kind of crowded there at, at tight end with Blake Bell and Noah Gray, who, who had a nice catch today. Did Jody Fortson, for, in your eyes, cement his place on this team with his performance in this game? Yeah, probably. And we talked about this last show that my concern with Fortson was if you're going to be healthy enough to get reps. I mean, you know the yeah. talent's there. My concern was, I said last week, I don't know if he's going to make it just simply based off of will he be healthy. Um, well, he's healthy, and you saw what he can do when he's healthy. Like, to me, Fortson is a better talent than Blake Bell is. I, I'm sorry. Right. I, I know Bell can block. I get all that. But, like, come on. I mean, if I had to keep one of those guys, it's not a question. Now, are they going to keep all four tight ends? Maybe. Maybe. Because you got it. Like, to me now, I almost feel like I know the 53-man roster at this juncture, right? Like, you know – the quarterbacks, you know, I said last week I was interested in Bouchelle. Maybe he could beat out Henny. After watching today, he got a lot of run. He wasn't impressive. You know, it wasn't terrible, but just was, eh, it was all right. Not enough to make me go, yeah, he deserves that spot over Henny. Um, you know, and they'll probably keep two guys on the active roster quarterback. That's pretty standard. I think a running back, like if you had any doubt if Ronald Jones is making this team, Ronald Jones ain't making this team. That's over. Okay. Yeah. So you got look. You're gonna have three backs, two quarterbacks, a fullback. You're probably gonna have you know, or you will have six receivers. Start doing the the napkin math here. I mean, that would leave them with nine linemen and four tight ends, right? Because if you have 25 offensive players, and you go two at quarterback, one at fullback, three at running back, four tight ends, six at wide receiver, nine offensive linemen. That's 25. Yeah. I mean, do you think they're keeping a fourth running back? I I mean, they didn't even give it's interestingly enough, they didn't even give Ronald Jones a carry. He caught a pass right. out of the backfield, yeah. but they later in the game they gave five carries to Derek Gore. So and look, the only the only thing that that could spell is maybe if they're really dead serious about keeping Ronald Jones and they don't think they need to put him out there. I mean, they only gave a couple carries to Clyde Edwards Lair, but I don't know, man, they seem to really like Pacheco and the yeah. way that they used Pacheco in this game, it seems like Clyde's your number one. And it seems like uh, they, they really like Pacheco is sort of your first backup, but he's like the guy, he's a guy that can go out there spell CEH. So I think you could have a one a 1A and one B there with Pacheco and Clyde Edwards Alaire, depending on what they want to do. And then it seems like McKinnon McKinnon's is your third, third down. Third back. down. Yeah, yeah, he's their uh, third down guy. They like his blocking. There's like to yeah. me, to me, if the question becomes a fourth running back, and keep in mind they also have Burton. Okay. Like, I'm not including yeah. him in this. He's a fullback. You're right. either talking a fourth running back or a fourth tight end. I'd rather the fourth tight end with with the way yeah. they play, and then put Gore on the practice squad. Yeah, like I, to me, this isn't even a question. I, I, I'm sorry. The only way, the only way I'm keeping four backs is if Bell can't start the year, and then I might literally just keep Gore on the team. I'm not keeping Ronald Jones for what? What yeah. does Ronald Jones do that's better than what everybody else does? He can't. He can't block. 
He's not much of a pass catcher. He can do a little bit of it, but he's not a he's not a, an electrifying pass catcher. What do you need him for? You you've already got three guys in Pacheco, Ceh, and McKinnon who all complement each other well. So, like to me, I wouldn't even be shocked, Patrick, if he gets cut as the next five guys. Like if they do him a favor mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, man, like we're gonna let you get out of here, try to catch on somewhere else," because he he's not. And at this point, to me, I, I don't see any reality how he's making the team. I don't. Like, I, yeah. I, I just would be floored if he's on the final 53-man roster. And, and in fairness to Ronald Jones, it's not like he's played poorly or anything in the preseason, Fairly but it's played. just what we're what, – yeah, the Chiefs, they're just not using him. I mean, why you know, why aren't they using him? Why are they trying to get Pacheco in there? There's a reason probably for that. Um, I mean, Tayon Ter- 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 Fleet Davis got five carries in this game. They, they didn't use – Right. They didn't use Ronald Jones at all. So I, I agree with you. I think, do you think, let me ask you, maybe there's not, but is there any trade market for a guy like Ronald Jones no, at this stage? I, I don't I mean, Why? Every team knows you're going to count him. Right. You know, I, it, it, if it was a situation like last year where the Ravens got decimated with running back injuries, it, it would have to yeah, be I think, a situation right. like that. I just don't see it. You know, let me, before, by the way, and I know we got a whole bunch of things here we're going to get to in the next 20 or so minutes, but, um, the, the one thing that stood out to me today more than anything, we talk about Mahomes, but like Mahomes, this sounds weird. It doesn't even stand out because he's so great. You're like, well, that's, that's him, right? right? Um, the one thing that really stood out to me in this game, again, which stood out in the first game, they are so unbelievably fast on defense with their starters. Yep. Yeah. I It's like they have 13 guys on the field. When you, it's so, so markedly different than it's been in the past. And the one guy more than any, and he only played in two series, Nick Bolton, when he was on the field today, it felt like any time the play was between the numbers, he was just there, whether he was breaking up a pass or he was knifing through the line to cause a tackle for loss. And Dan did a nice job of cleaning up. Like he and Gay, who we talked to Brett Veach about on Wednesday, they're so dynamic. And Bolton, it, like, he doesn't have that same athleticism Gay does, but he's so smart that it makes him more athletic because he's just there a step faster than most guys are. They are they are so athletic. And this is a team right now that today did not have Jones. They did not have Dunlap. Karloftis, by the way, on his sack, that was insane. Like, I know Wentz held the ball for an extra beat. I get it. Gets doubled on the play. Gets held on the play. Beats them both anyway, and sacks wins. Like, it's – their front – I know we've talked about this a lot. I thought going into this training camp that my biggest question, my my thought of their biggest weakness was their front seven. Not because of the linebackers. We we all like the linebackers. But I was like, okay, well, Carl Loftus is a kid. Even if he's good, it takes a while typically at that position. They did not have Dunlap at that point. You know, you didn't know Frank Clark. I don't think many were high on him. Now you look at them and you're like, pretty fucking good front seven. Like they are just loaded across. And then, and then the secondary where McDuffie did not get picked on again. Nobody threw him once. Sneed looked great, made a nice pass breakup. Fenton, you hope, is okay with the run, although it didn't look ultra serious. I mean, he looked okay when he was walking around the sideline. Safeties have been very good. Like I thought this defense was going to kind of be the weak points first half of the year. And maybe they still will be. Like it's preseason football. But they are um, making me a little bit more of a believer than I was a month ago. 
Yeah, getting into our, our defensive review. And, of course, we want to know what you think as well out there in the chat. There's over well over 100 of you watching right now. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, we're talk, we're going to talk defense a little bit here. Um, you mentioned Carl Loftus and that sack. You and I tweeted almost the exact same thing, which yep. was basically he got double teamed, he got held, he got the sack. Um, and, but let, uh, and we talked about how we were looking at – what were we looking for with George Carl Loftus this, in this game? We wanted to see him flash again. We wanted to see him do it again, do yep. it over and over again. Speaking of guys who are flashing, Colin Saunders, who got a completely bogus personal foul call on cool. him right. uh, where, he, where he pressured the quarterback. Then he gets a sack later. I mean, look, he's, I, I know he's playing, he was playing with some of the reserves and, and, and all that, but he looks explosive. I mean, he's a big man. I think he's just at about 330, 334, something like that. He's a big guy. He's he's was a former third round pick for the Chiefs. Has dealt with injuries not to be anything. Yeah. No. What do you think of him? I mean, I'm impressed. I the, the sack he had. I mean, he just, he just took the guy and just basically throw him. I mean, he just ran right over him. But then the other play where he got called for that penalty, he does a swim move and just torches the guy. Like, yeah. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm taking Colin Saunders and I'm pulling him aside and saying, Colin. I don't want you to play the run once all year. That's why we have Derek Noddy. That maybe is why we have Danny Shelton. All I want you to do is go straight for the passer. I don't care. The rest of it, screw it. Don't worry about it. And every once in a while, some team runs a draw pass you. That's why Bolton and Gay exist. Don't worry. Like, you run yeah. at, the, at that quarterback as fast as you can, make a swim move, make a bull rush, whatever, He's always been talented. He's been crazy athletic. I and mean, that was a big calling card of his when he got drafted, how athletic he was. But he hasn't been able to put it all together. And our guy, uh, Stacy here in the chat, uh, who's yeah. right on it, of course, Stacy, a longtime Arrowhead addict, says Joe Cullen has this guy eating nails. Joe Cullen, for those who are unaware, came over this year from Baltimore as a defensive line coach. He was a very respected line coach with the Ravens. Well, he left because Wink Martindale got fired, and so the staff was essentially allowed to leave. Brendan Daly moved over to the linebackers, and so Joe Cullen is now the D-line coach. Well, it, it looks like it's working because Carl Loftus has been awesome. Saunders continues to get pressure. Jones didn't play today, but you know he's Jones, and he looked great against Chicago. I really think right now with this team, forget the score of today's game, forget, forget even the score of the Chicago game, none of that matters. Just watching them play. I don't think that this team is going to be the star-laden team, maybe, that it was with Hill and Tyron Matthew. And I kind of like I, I I went on the radio the other day and said, I don't think this team is going to be like built like a movie, right? Where it's like two big stars, three big stars, and like everybody yeah. else is okay. It's like this team's like the show of friends, where it's just an ensemble and it's just all of it together that makes it what it was. You know, Seinfeld, same type of thing, right? Like yeah. They remind me, if you want to use a TV analogy of that, it's just they have so many guys who can beat you on both sides of the ball that, like, at some point, it's going to happen. Like, whether or not it's Crofton or it's Jones or it's Dunlop or it's Clark or it's Bolton or it's Gay or it's Snead or it's Duffy or it's Fenton or it's Reed or it's Thornhill, it, there's so many guys in the offense, obviously. It's, it's true. Yeah. And what, what NFL team does that remind you of? The Patriots. That's right. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I keep thinking is 
you know, when you've got, you only need one star, right? And that's Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. You got that guy and you got a Hall of Fame head coach in Bill Belichick and Andy Reid. And those great Patriots teams, it just always reloaded, always brought, just brought in talented guys who could do their job. And that's what I'm seeing when I see this offense go out there right now, at least. You know, it, it's telling that this is a team we haven't seen much of Juju Smith-Schuster this this uh, preseason. We expect he's going to have a major role in this offense. But the fact that they're going out there and, and you see Justin Watson make a couple plays. So we've been hearing about it. Mahomes likes him. He looks really good. He's going to play special teams. Um, but you're not expecting him to be a big part of the offense. You're not expecting Noah Gray to be a big part of the offense. But what really stood out to me is how comfortable Mahomes looks, not just with all of these new pieces around him. He looks in midseason form. You, you couldn't blame him if he was a little rusty or there's some timing off. But what about um, what, what about these guys stepping up when the, the, the guys you were expecting to be are out in front of them and McCole Hartman and Juju Smith-Schuster? How exciting is that for this team? I'm going to answer that in a second, but I got to refresh because I think my internet signal is killing me. But it's very exciting because I have a million guys who can do a lot of different things. So when you yeah. have that, again, you can week by week, you can. Oh, I think my internet's good now again. Um, we've been having storms here in, throughout the day, um, so I apologize if there's any kind of weird thing. Um, listen, the the reality is the NFL is a week to week game. Okay, basketball, you play two games. You roll, right? Hockey, same thing. Baseball, Jesus, you play 500 games. In in football, football is a matchup game. It, every week's different. Every week you have new challenges. You have new advantages. And I think with the Chiefs, the big thing you have with this group is you just have so many different ways to beat a team that when you match up, you can say, okay, we're going to feature MVS this week. We're going to feature Hardman this week. We're going to feature Kelsey this week. You know, this week, hey, you know what? We're gonna we think we can run the ball against this team. They just have so many ways to beat you. And in the past, look, it's worked for them, but it's always been it's Kelsey and it's Hill, and we're gonna beat you with that. And hell, they've won a lot of games like that. This though, I think I, I do think whether or not it's more effective, we're gonna find out. It's harder to game plan against because any week can just be anything. And and how do you how do you know what's coming? It's it's very difficult. That's yeah, it's very exciting. And Andy Reid is hard to game plan against, right? From an offensive perspective, always is. But now I think maybe even more so. Matt Connor joins us, editor of Arrowhead Addict and one of the co-hosts of this podcast, finished up with some of his editorial duties. How you doing, Matt? And what's your big takeaway or what are some of your big takeaways from this game? Matt Connor joins us, editor of Arrowhead Addict and one of the co-hosts of this podcast, finished up with some of his editorial duties. How you doing, Matt? And what's your big takeaway or what are some of your big takeaways? From this game, I mean, I just couldn't be more thrilled with what I'm seeing in the preseason. I mean, you know, look, every team's got their got their things to work on. Every every team has their roster holes. Every team is is searching for answers at various things. But you know, just based on some of the preseason or off season questions that we had, what we're seeing in the preseason from the Chiefs is, uh, like, I feel overjoyed as a fan. Um, I like when I'm watching project players like Joshua Williams play not, not only get not only earn like trusted reps with units higher than what I thought he'd be playing with right uh, but then playing well uh, you know tracking the ball like using that length 
already using his length to that level. I'm just thinking, you know, you expect Karloftis to make an impact. You expect Trent McDuffie to make an impact. You hope that Sky Moore and maybe even Brian Cook are, are you know, somewhat productive in their first years. But this rookie class, let alone the growth we're seeing from like Nick Bolton and some second year. I mean, these young guys with high ceilings are contributing immediately to a team that already had a core where you could put five, five guys in the NFL's top 50. Like I'm just blown away. I'm just blown away by what I'm seeing. By the way, real quick, I'm reading through Twitter and I'm seeing some of the the quotes coming out of Arrowhead. Um, Harold country is a great dude. Uh, does work over at Fox and KC. Uh, he tweeted out that Mahomes says on Fortune quote, I built that trust in him. And then uh, there was another quote where Mahomes said, and I'm trying to find who put out, Mackenzie Nelson of NBC put out that uh, he said, quote, he makes me look good. So Jody Fortune is making the team. Um, yep, that's get, it. Get that in. But you know what? It's, it's really interesting. Um, you know, Mahomes is – you know, continuing to talk about Matt McMullen of the Chiefs reporters should quote, if, if they block like that, we're going to be a hard offense to stop. If you have that much time in the pocket, good things are going to happen. That's what I said earlier, but real quick, because I, I have a heart out here in a few minutes to get the dinner with the wife. And if I don't do that, I'm dead man. Um, Stacy again brought up Jalen Watson and I wanted to bring him up. Jalen Watson, like we have not talked about him at all. Right, because they have McDuffie and and they have and they have Joshua Williams, who, who by the way also played very well today. Nice pass break. I should have had a pick. Um, Watson's been really good. Like Watson's been really, really. St- I know there was the one play against Chicago where they got kind of out of a run fit, which I got to be honest, I think it was more on Kando than it was on Watson. And Watson was one on one in space and missed the tackle. Every time I see Jalen Watson, other than that play. He's either in great coverage or he's making a tackle. The guy's been everywhere. And I think it's a credit to him and to Joshua Williams, for the, for that matter, that they cut Baker, okay, and that they cut Lonnie Johnson. They're not cutting those guys if they don't believe in those two kids. And Veach has a long track record of drafting these kids late at that position who end up playing really well. Sneed, Fenton, Ward wasn't a draft pick. They traded Parker Edinger for him, an undrafted free agent. Like, they have a knack for finding these kids. Watson has looked really good in the preseason. Yeah, Brett Veach does. He seems to have a, a knack for, or, or somebody in the scouting department or just the whole, you know, the whole crew seems to have a knack for finding these, these really solid cornerbacks. Of course, if you missed it, Matt and I, uh, Matt Verderham and I interviewed Brett Veach uh, exclusively here on the Arrowhead Attic podcast earlier this week. So make sure you go back and check out that video or that podcast if you'd like. Um, I noticed something in the chat I wanted to bring up. Somebody mentioned, I think it was Max mentioned, uh, uh, Sky Moore, I, I expected more. You know, I know, you know, didn't stuff the stat sheet here in this game, but Mahomes went to him a couple times and he went to him on some kind of long passes. And just because it maybe didn't materialize in a, in a big catch for him, I'm actually heartened by that. I see on that very first drive, now you get a couple of receivers out with injury, but you got Sky Moore in there, the Chiefs are using him, and Mahomes is going to him. That means this, is guy, this guy's brand new. Mahomes has built up some trust. He's comfortable taking shots. He thinks he's going to be at the spot he's supposed to be at. All of that's really good. And Sky was stretching the field for them which is interesting, right, with that speed and opening up plays for a guy like Watson to make these big catches and those types of things. So I'm 
happy with what we're seeing from Sky Moore so far this season. What do you guys think? I mean, I, I think the one thing to note is while Moore did have one target and no catches, to be honest, <laughs> I bet you if you ask Mahomes, Mahomes had two throws in a game, he'd like that back. The one was the bust to MVS where if he hits him, now, I think that was more of a chemistry thing. I think he thought MVS was kind of going to go one way. Although I do, I think he overthrew him regardless. If he hits him, MVS is still running. I mean, there's nobody. That would have been the easiest touchdown of all time. Yeah. But, you know, and I see Jeff in the chat saying about Moore, he isn't getting separation, though, and he's supposed to be good at that. I, Jeff, I disagree with you on that for one reason. The second throw Mahomes would like that back was to target to Moore. If he throws that ball toward the back of half of the end zone, it's a touchdown. Moore beat his guy. Didn't toast him, but he had a step on him. Like, that's a touchdown. Mahomes would tell you, I'm sure, that not an easy throw, but a makeable throw. A throw that, by his standards, he should probably make. Right? Like, I would say if he throws that ball 10 times, Brian some six, seven times. So, Moore beat him. The ball just happened to be underthrown. And, the, and, and credit the DB. made a nice play. Got his hand in there. But... I actually – and how, how different do you feel if that ball's three feet further, right, and then it's, oh, hey, more, man, 50-yard touchdown, I feel differently. So I think you have to keep in mind, like, Moore's played with Mahomes two real series. <laughs> right. Great. Right. Yeah. You know, this is a real game. The third series, you could have got 50 yards worth of passes, and, like, you don't, you don't even think about it. So yeah. I think I think Moore's fine. Yeah, and I think – you know, Stacy points out too uh, in the chat that it was a really nice breakup by Kendall Fuller as well in that play. It was it was a good defensive play. Um, yeah, and the same thing with I saw I've seen some comments like, well, Mahomes and MVS are a little out of sync. Yeah, there was the the, the things that matter, right? MVS smoked his guy, was wide open. Mahomes missed him a little bit. That's that's the good thing. MVS smoked his guy, was wide open. If that's happening, more often than not, the Chiefs are going to do some serious damage to teams. On the other one that I think I was at first, I thought it was a drop by MVS on the slant where Mahomes put it out in front of him. That I actually, I saw the replay a couple of times. I actually think the defender made a nice play on that ball as well. was able to kind of get his hand in there before MVS could, could secure it. I know MVS has had some issues with drops in the past, so we'll keep an eye on that, but I see him getting separation. I see him getting open. I see Mahomes trusting him. So I'm feeling pretty good about that, and I think that'll continue to materialize as the season goes on. What do you think, Matt Connor? Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about I'm not worried about more. I'm not worried about uh, you know. There's there's just so many pass catchers here. It, you know, Moore's just going to need time. He you know he's not he's not going to be an offensive pillar this year, as much as people would probably love some sexy run for offensive rookie of the year. But the Chiefs don't need it to happen. It's not going to happen. There's just too many mouths to feed and. And there's no reason to force it there. Um, he's got the skill set. He's he's going to be, um, yeah. He'll you know he'll be just fine. I, I'm I'm not worried about that. With this offense, are we starting to see sort of the the blossoming, the coming to fruition of some 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 guys that the Chiefs have been developing for a little while, kind of keeping like the Jody Fortson thing. The great thing about Jody Fortson being this red zone target, like that matters. Catching balls in the end zone. Like even if he's not going to be a guy that they go to a lot between the twenties, having a rely another big reliable target in the end zone is huge. We're seeing, um, you know, Jody kind of Noah Gray. He made a big play today, um, and and now all these other guys that they brought in. 
and you start looking around this offense and it's like, it's like you're playing ping pong or not ping pong, but uh, uh pinball, you know, you're like, who's it going to be? Who's going to be, it's going to be Pacheco. Is it going to be Sky Moore? Is it going to be Watson? Is it going to be uh, Kelsey? It's just so exciting. I think to watch as a fan, whereas in the past, the other receivers on the chiefs outside of Travis Kelsey and Tyree kill have been kind of disappointing and underwhelming. And now you're looking at this team and, and, I don't know what you do if you're a defense. I just don't – I don't know what you do. Nobody's necessarily going to overwhelm you, but they're all really solid players, really good players it looks like. Uh, it's going to be an exciting season. I think they are they are just the kind of team right now that there's so many different options. There's so many different ways for them to attack you. And when you really – look, I think the bottom line for the Chiefs right now is when you have this many weapons – Again, football is a matchup game. And if you're playing a team with bigger corners, you might say, okay, you know what? We can exploit them with speed. If they have smaller corners, you might go with a bigger grouping, right? MVS, maybe you use him more that game. Or Juju or Jody Fortson. Um, I, I, think, I think there's so many different ways to just use the offense to the detriment of the defense. I know that sounds really obvious, but again – it's worked, but the last handful of years, it's you know what's going to happen, right? It's Hill and it's Kelsey. The only way I think teams are going to stop them, and it's been true forever with Mahomes and any great quarterback, you get pressure with four. You have to. And if you can't do that, you're losing. I don't care if you blitz, you will get smoked. If you have to cover for four seconds, you will get smoked. It doesn't matter who's in your secondary. You have to get pressure with four. The problem with that is you can make a real argument, especially in pass protection, they have the best offensive line in football. Good luck. It's very, very hard. And, of course, the Chiefs know this. They know if they protect, it's curtains. And you saw them protect it against – by the way, say whatever you want about Washington. That is a top-five defensive front. Sweat can play, and Allen and Payne are awesome inside. No, they didn't have Young. They are awesome up front. They couldn't get a glove on Mahomes. And, I mean, if that happens, it's a wrap. You're not beating them. They'll score 40 points in the blink of an eye, 30 on a bad day when he's got that kind of time. Yeah, I get really excited about the efficient offense, the long drives that could be coming out of this, the way that that will help the defense. It's all extremely exciting. And then these these defensive players starting to flash. Carl Loftus again, Colin Saunders, your young corners are playing well. Your li- Nick Bolton's reaction on that pass breakup that he had, they had a really great shot of, you know, right on him, him seeing the receiver come into his zone. His, his football IQ – and his ability to, to diagnose what's happening so quickly and get there to, to get there at the same time as the pass and break that up. That wasn't a bad throw, as I recall, um, but he just made the play, arrived with the ball, incompletion. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that this season. Um, really excited about the Nick Bolton experience we're all about to get in, in year two here. It's a good thing Nick Bolton changed his number or they'd have to retire his and Derek Johnson simultaneously. <laughs> um, I'm kidding, by the yeah. way, but it is it is unbelievable. But although I will say the Chiefs, like five minutes ago, tweeted out a congratulations to Mahomes. It, I guess he's going to the Texas Tech Ring of Honor. And when I first looked at the tweet for a split second, I thought the Chiefs were just putting him in the Ring of Honor. And I thought, like, <laughs> I, I really thought, like, I was like, that's fair. Yeah, like, fair. that that seems fair enough. Like he's earned that, yeah. you know. Like, yeah. but uh, in any event, no. Listen, they, you know, they they look really good. I know it's preseason football. I understand all that. Like, but when you're going out there and you are just annihilating the team in front of you, 
and I again, I know people say, oh, Washington, they suck. Yeah, all right. Washington's an average football team. Washington's going to be a playoff contending team in the NFC. The Chiefs, if the Chiefs starters had stayed in that game, they'd have beat Washington by 30 points. Like the game, Washington didn't belong in the field with them. That game wasn't even close. They couldn't do anything against Kansas City. I I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. The next time we're going to see their starters, one would imagine, would be week one because I don't think you're seeing them on Thursday against the Packers, right? That's just going to be the classic, hey, let's give everybody some tape. Let's give these guys some tape on the way out. Maybe there's one or two spots. Although, I got to get out of here in a second, but I'm curious. How many spots at this point? We did this after the first week, and and Patrick and I had a few spots. Maybe we, we were willing to debate. How many spots right now do you guys think are legit Legitimately up for grabs on this team, the second preseason game. Two, two or three. Yeah. Right. It's rough. It's rough on this. There's a lot of depth. I, I mean, mean, maybe maybe up to five, but that, even that's a stretch. I think. I don't, I don't. I mean, right now, like let's say they keep six corners. I think you know who they are. I mean, Boodle. I think is the sixth guy. Right? Is he not? Like maybe it's Lamons. I mean, that's arguable. Like maybe they yeah, Lamons over Boodle. Hey, I, I mean they seem to like Lamons over over. I mean you know Boodle's looked kind of rough in, in a couple. Yeah, he he's been beat. Although up. I I like his pursuit. I like his pursuit, and I like his his special teams. But but I think he's been outplayed by Lamons. Although I will say you know like I don't get their obsession with Lamont. I mean when you have a when you have an assault charge hanging over your head, and he's like in the mix for like CB six. I, I I don't get holding on to that, but but whatever. It's not my team. I yeah, I mean I you know who the safeties are. You you know, obviously, look, you know the quarterback. I think at this point, if they keep three backs, you know who the backs are. You know the fullback, you know the receivers, you know the tight ends, I think. Maybe you could argue that you know they keep three or four tight ends. I'll tell you what, and I'll leave it on this note personally, guys. I think the biggest question they've got, and it's a good one, who the hell are they cutting a D tackle? Yeah. I mean, they they have just you got Jones and Naughty. You got Stallworth. You've got Saunders. You've got Wharton. And then you've also got Danny Shelton, who I, I, I'm going to go ahead and guess, even though Danny Shelton's a fun story, he probably doesn't make the team. I mean, yeah, no way. So, like, so you're probably, are you going to then keep all the other five guys and then say, all right, on the edges, you've got Dana and Clark and Carl Loftus and Dunlop, and that's your nine? Is that probably how they go? I mean, you could, you know, because Wharton is a little bit versatile there. Saunders today made it impossible to cut him. I mean, you can't I mean, cut him. He's too talented. He's he's been back to back. He's been the guy now. What you've always wanted to see, yeah. and not that he hasn't flashed in the past either, but no, been some inconsistency in the injury. And so right now, right now it's impossible for Brett Veach to cut Colin Saunders. There's just no way. I think Kendall's got to be the guy who's the odd man out on the ends, right? I'll tell you what, Herring got some run today too on the end. Like they played him, like he he played like so. They're gonna have, and I don't think Herring's gonna make it. But man, I'll t- they have like I can't believe I'm saying this because I thought all offseason I'm like this is gonna be the, the the biggest problem for them, right? Now you're sitting there like shit. I don't know the hell they're gonna cut. Yeah, you know my guess is they keep nine guys up front, and they'll keep five D tackles because Jones can flip outside and they can you know so that kind of gives you that fifth end if you need them. But man, I'll tell you. I think linebackers, you know, right? Like linebackers, I feel like you're probably okay. You're going to keep six. 
You got the starters in Bolton and Gay. You know Chanel's making it. You know Carter's making it. Lee's making it. Harris is making it. Right? It's like you're probably good there. You're good at safety. I think those are your nine up front. And then at the corner, again, it's probably Lavins or Boodle. I would keep Lavins. I, I think he's just a good special teams player. So from a football perspective, I'd keep him. But I guess to answer my own question, I, I think maybe there are two spots available on this team. Maybe. And I'll tell you, whoever they cut in a lot of spots is going to get picked up pretty quickly. I mean, they just have so many guys. The yeah. one thing watching them and Buffalo today, and I watched the Bills-Broncos game with my God, Denver, they better hope nobody gets hurt because the depth, not ideal, okay? Buffalo, not, forget the score because the Bills played the starters, and so they, they beat the hell out of Denver. But when even when Buffalo's backups came in, Buffalo-Denver, like they – I mean, it wasn't even a contest. Like, can you watch the difference in the depth on those two teams? It's so apparent. And I do think that's something that we always forget about in July and August. Injuries happen every year in the NFL to every team. Different extents, but to every team. Buffalo and Kansas City, when you watch, and I watched both those games today, the, those teams, their depth is absurd in the first and second teams. You, there are just so many guys. I really think if you put Buffalo and Kansas City's backups together, second teams, and you just gave them an average quarterback, you gave them Kirk Cousins, I think they could compete for a playoff spot. <laughs> I mean, maybe their offensive lines would hold them back, but, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They're so talented. You, and then you watch a team like Chicago last week, and you're like, oh, my God, like there's just no chance. I mean, it's it's stark when you've built a team for that long and they get that good and you drafted that well. It shows. Before you go, Matt, Patrick Mahomes gave an interview on the sideline during the game. He did. He said he, he bought all of the offensive linemen milkshakes up there at training camp. So this is also, as you know, this is a food podcast where we sometimes talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. I wanted to ask you guys your go-to number one overall milkshake flavor. Let's let's start with you, Verderam. Peanut butter milkshake from Dairy Queen. Oh, oh. It's, not, it's not even a contest. I I, I yeah. would drink I drink a gallon of every day if I could. Of course, I go into heart failure by like Wednesday, but I'd do it. It'd be worth it, Matt Connor. Man, I'm I'm like classic vanilla guy. I'm like if you can get that right, that's actually tastier it's than right. anything else. If you get it wrong, you know, it's a shitty milkshake. But if you get that right with a great vanilla flavor, I'm in. That's so surprising to me because looking at you, you're anything but vanilla. I mean, you look rock and roll to me. I was expecting you to come out and be like peanut butter, chocolate mixed together, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this. I took I, I took my eight-year-old son. We go to this place that's known for their milkshakes with like shit tapped on. Well, not literally shit, but you know what I'm saying? Like one thing stacked on top of another, like five desserts. It was yeah, you sent me a picture of this. Dude, it was like $15, and it had like a, a, a popsicle and like a piece of cheesecake wedged in with like 10 <laughs> Oreos on top of like a waffle yeah. cone. Like it was crazy. He and I like just get sick to our stomach eating like half of this thing. And you know, it was a great memory. I mean, so maybe like a shake like that just for the sake of like making some memories. But, uh, but yeah, no, man, vanilla. You just can't beat a good vanilla. It all starts with vanilla. I got to go Oreo shake. Anytime I can get a good Oreo shake, that's always a win for me. All right, everybody, we are going to get out of here. We're going to leave you wanting a little bit more. Uh, we're going to be back on Tuesday. Matt and Sterling, 
Thursday. Matt Verre and myself will be back. We'll be uh, we'll, we'll probably just our Thursday show will be the post game show. It'll be the night game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll be, why, we'll be after not? the night right. game. So yeah. So join us for the for the show. Um, and then you know cuts cuts are going to be coming here at the end of the month. Uh, and then it's time to start setting your fantasy rosters because the the season is right around the corner on September 11th. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you want to become a member of the Arrowhead Attic community, you want to get a little bit more out of this, more Chiefs content, hang out with us and our private Discord. Come to private member events that we have. Join fantasy football leagues that we do for our members. Check out the link in the description. Become a member of the Arrowhead Attic podcast. That's the, the, the It's just so much fun interacting with all of y'all. If you can't do that, no worries. We'll be here with free content three times a week all season long. Uh, myself, Matt Verder, and Matt Connor, and our guy Sterling Holmes, who's it? He's, he's in the line at the porta potties at a concert right now. Couldn't join us, um, but uh, we will see you guys next week. But until then, as always, go Chiefs.